Hello, it's Travis, and I'm coming to you from my living room, putting the final touches on this podcast extra. No, this is not a full episode, but it features a couple of things from this last episode that I really wanted to highlight and showcase. One of the great things about planning out a Cairo retreat, especially with middle schoolers, you know, these are kids who are not like overly tied into tradition or overly tied into it always has to be this way. And it gives us a chance to try some new things out. It gives us a chance to just welcome some new things in this retreat. One of the new things that we did was we really focused on a couple of leaders who have not been a part of our camping program. In fact, last year was the first time that Valerie Austin had been to any of our camps. In fact, Sarah Wolfolk had been involved at North Oak Christian Church and really just got involved by being asked to be a part of a camp, being asked to be a part of a group mission trip. I'm very lucky with this group of the four of us, Kristen Dow of New Song, Valerie Austin of Blue Ridge Boulevard, and Sarah Wolfolk of North Oak Christian Church, myself of Fairview Christian Church. The four of us have gotten to work together. We decided to do a middle school mission trip, staying in town and really showing kids maybe a different side of the city, encouraging them to think about ways that they could make a difference in the community right around them. So, when we got to feature both Sarah and Valerie in our retreat, they didn't disappoint. They really stepped up to the plate, uh, really gave the kids something to chew on. So first, we're going to share Valerie Austin's poem. Yes, she wrote this poem. She's not just standing up here reading something. Valerie wrote this poem to be able to reflect on the ideas of insiders and outsiders, to be able to reflect on what it means to feel included with our retreat. It came as part of our Friday evening worship. Can you see me? I am here, no doubt, but it seems I'm invisible and you are available. When I speak, no one looks, so I learn to be quiet anyways. When I walk into a room, no one seems to care or notice that I'm even there. Can you see me? I'm all alone here and you were my hope, but it seems it does not matter because being friends with me benefits no one else. I hope with all my heart and I feel with the entirety of my gut so the sting of rejection sinks to the core of my being and replays in my mind over and over and over again. But pay me no mind and give me no time because I am no use for you. I cannot connect you to anyone of social standing and I cannot give you power, I cannot give you gifts, I cannot make all of your friends laugh with cool tricks and I cannot help you with that person you like and I cannot be what you want me to be and in this pain, I am not nice. I do not see how to be what the world commands of me. Skinny, smart, obedient, beautiful, confident, artistic, athletic, funny. I'm happy to be here with all of you in which I play the part of alien. No, I may not be normal. What is normal? But I will become angry, you see, because outside of community, grasping for acceptance and need of love and searching for justice, yes, I will become embittered. I will live in resentment of a world that finds no use for me. Can you just let me be? 
Yes, I am angry now, and I will reject you before you reject me. You will see me. And you cannot tell me how to act and who to be and how to live, because I am not you and you are not me. I will never be anything like you, and nor will I try to be. Trying would be a farce, a lie you see coming a mile away, a scheme walking and living and weighing down my body. So my lips may be stained a dark color, and my arms might be cut, may have cuts, and my eyes might be black, and I might glare or watch with irritation. I may be your inconvenience, and you probably just won't get it. But this is my burden and my shame to be me. Me, with no one looking or everyone staring, there is no winning, there's only hurting. Can you see me? I am brilliant. You can't see it, and, you, and I don't even know it yet, but a streak of genius, a color of bright beauty, and subtle, lovely strokes of muted glory, vibrant life and passionate words, a clear hope and dedicated focus, deeply loyal, and a well of good things to offer this world. Can you see me yet? What I could be, the life I could have, is outside the realm or what, of what you or I or society thinks possible of me. But when the divine set her sights on making me, when she designed my being, I was deemed valuable, good even. When God made me, God saw God's own image in me and called me good. Can you see me? How can I own this truth of my goodness if you never tell me? How can I know of my worth if no one ever stepped forth and held my hand instead of watching and laughing and smirking while I disappear into this heavy black hole of sinking sand? And then you and I and all I could be will never be known. The glory and creativity placed in me could never be shown. Instead, are you just going to let me wander, frightened, angry, sad, and alone? A powerful message and something that the kids resonated with. Next up, I wanted to share Sarah Woolfolk's full story. Uh, first off, I have to apologize. Yes, that is the heater. Um, despite our unseasonably warm spring, this, <laughs> this weekend decided to be cold. The heater was blowing, so you'll have to forgive that noise in the background. But Sarah's story was very powerful. It had the kids wrapped up in it. And you'll even hear at the end of it that they started asking questions. They started asking questions before we even gave them a chance to ask questions. Again, it fits into the idea that we, we wanted the kids to think about what it meant to feel included. We wanted the kids to think about what they felt when they felt excluded. With that concept in mind, Sarah brought us a very good story from her own past. One that she's never shared with anyone. Now, I know you just heard cheerleader and have you go, uh, uh, So I want you, anytime I say cheerleader, I want you to think of the club or sport or whatever that you really, 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 really wanted to do more than anything else in your whole life, okay? So whether that's, I, I don't know, after this I didn't join anything else. But, uh, so, so just insert whatever word you need to make to make this story cool for you. So at the end of sixth grade, there were cheerleader tryouts, and I wanted to be one. And I worked after school every day, 
for hours I practiced. Now I grew up in a small town in the middle of the Ozarks, so there weren't like, you didn't do gymnastics to get prepared when you were a kid. You didn't do, I mean, there was nothing. There was cows and um, trees. So whatever you could learn from cows and trees is what prepared you for whatever you wanted to do. Um, and I lived with my aunt and my uncle and my two older cousins. And we lived way out in the country, in the middle of the sticks. So, you know, I only got to see friends when I was at school. So I wanted this. I wanted this because then I got to do something after school that got me connected with other people. And I went and I tried out and I made it. And I was so excited. I was bursting at the seams and I could not wait to tell someone. And my uncle came to pick me up because otherwise I had to ride the bus an hour. So he came to pick me up because obviously I missed the bus. Um, and I got in the car and I, have you ever had news that you wanted to tell somebody and you couldn't wait? You were like so excited. And then the person that you wanted to tell the most didn't even ask you about it. And you're like, and you're waiting for them to ask you? And he didn't ask. And we rode the 15 minute ride home and he never asked. And I went in the house and my aunt was there and my two cousins were there and I just waited. And no one asked. No one asked how he did. So I was crushed. I mean, I put all of this work into this, and no one cared enough to ask. And I was devastated. But I thought, that's okay, because, you know, I, and those of you that know me or get to know me, you'll know that I kind of put myself in this little bu bubble of reality where everything inside my bubble is puppies and rainbows and nobody's hungry and nobody gets hurt. So I was, I was in it, I thought, that's okay. Because I'm going to go to school tomorrow, and you know I expected like a parade, <laughs> or maybe choir singing, or something. I mean, I have high expectations. And I go to school, and I get to lunch. You guys have all been in the lunchroom. There's like you know the cool kids, and then there's you know where I sit. And so I went in the lunchroom. And the cool kids were over there, and they waved me over to their table, and they're like, come here, come here. And I was like, this is it. I have been accepted into the fold. And I was so excited. I was like, this is my moment. And I get over there, and they were mean. And they said, what? Why did you make it? And our friend so-and-so, I don't even remember her name. Why did... She didn't make it. Why are you so much better? You need to show us what you did right now. And I was like, what? Because that was not what I expected. So I wasn't prepared for like a witty comeback. So my idea was, well, they told me to do this, so I have to do it now. So then I proceed in the lunchroom, <laughs> proceeded to do the cheer that I had done for tryouts in the lunchroom. And then about three seconds into it, realized that that was now the most humiliating thing I've ever done. And so then my performance kind of waned. 
because everyone was looking at me. And I walked away and the girl said, well, you are so much better than her. I don't know why, you know? And so, again, I have now been scorned by the people that I was seeking their attention and so, Again, chink in the bubble, starting to fall apart a little bit here. But I thought, well, that's okay because, you know, I still have my little circle of friends and it'll be okay. And we're about now, we're a few games into football season and we're doing this. And my friends, my friends that I thought were my friends, invited me to a slumber party. You guys ever been to a And it was that I 
went and with a heavy heart turned in my uniform and told my coach, I'm really sorry, I can't do this anymore. Because the thing that I had always only ever dreamed of doing was causing me so much grief in my life because I wasn't welcome anywhere in my circles that I was supposed to be welcome. And my bubble collapsed. And middle school sucked. So that is my story that I have never, ever shared with anyone. <laughs> and we give you a hug.